You are listening to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is Kara, your host, and I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this episode, I want you to know that Pathway to Peace, which is a group coaching program, is currently available to join. This program is built on three main pillars. First, coaching. It's the real powerhouse. It's what I do. It's what I love. Second, community. And if you've been around for a little bit more than a minute, you know how I feel about community and the power that it has to heal and change your life. And lastly, I have a library of content filled with resources, with modules, with lessons. We go way deeper than I can go in on the podcast. And these are available to you in a way that you can consume them in your busy life. This program would be a good fit for you if you've stabilized past the point of initial diagnosis and find yourself spending a little bit more than you'd like to in overwhelm. And you can't imagine how, given all the things in your life, you can have any sort of peace ever again. Through the program, you will gain the gift of acceptance. You will do the work to recover your spark. You'll leave the program with the tools and the confidence that you have what you need to have joy and peace part of your life once again. So it's time to change it up. I know you've been saying yes to everybody, especially serving with all your heart and everything you have to your child. Now it's time to say yes to you. Find the link in the show notes to get more information and for next steps. Hi, I'm Kara, life coach, wife, and mom to four incredible and unique children. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving, And you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and confidence that once felt so lacking. I created the Special Needs Mom podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves feeling trapped and with no one who really understands. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle your ability to dream. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you are a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. I'm very glad you're here with me. And I'm guessing that when you're listening to this, you're going to be right in the middle of summer. Although some of y'all start school really early. So this is going to be coming out August 2nd. And some people in some states start back, like in Arizona, start back so early. Regardless, this is going to be a really applicable episode. I myself, I'm in the middle of that last few weeks where you realize, oh my gosh, we only have three weeks left and we might have to prepare for that. So actually this weekend, or maybe even last week, I I did a little download of like, oh my gosh, what are all the things I need to do? Or rather, When I'm driving with Levi to different appointments and such, I have him be my note taker because he's really good at that. And I think it gives him like 
part and purpose in doing stuff together. So he took notes and he is hilarious because he did them all in Canva and made them all like cute and pretty. <laughs> While I was expecting him like literally just to use the notes app on the phone, like I just need you to jot down these words for me. So it's funny. I have it all figured out this weekend. I spent a little bit of time cleaning. Well, actually a lot of bit of time because I have four kids. So cleaning out all the old clothes and all the closets and to be like, oh my gosh, why is this in here? Kind of stuff. We did that. I'm starting to prepare. Apparently, I like to add complication to my life. Well, no, it's not on purpose, but we're doing several different home projects that honestly, we've wanted to do for about seven years. I wouldn't call it construction, but we're, we're getting some flooring done. We're doing some painting. And so that's a little bit of what's been going on in our life. And today for our episode, I wanted to bring you something that is sourced from themes I see with working with clients. And what's interesting is this is not unique to moms with children with disability. I coach both moms and I coach out in what we would kind of say more professional coaching or corporate world, however we describe it, basically people inside companies doing business. And so I get to see what's going on out there in people's minds. And this is going on in people's minds. And so I really feel confident that you're going to relate to it. I don't know a lot of people who wouldn't. And so let's look at this together and approach ourselves with curiosity and kindness. That's the first step here, always. But also, let's look at this together in service of seeing what opportunities we may have to shift this. And specifically today, we're going to be looking at overwhelm. And what I can even say is like the overwhelm cycle or the overwhelm habit. If you're like many, you might find yourself feeling overwhelmed, but then stuck and not taking action and then frustrated. And what we're going to do is we're going to slow it all down today. We're going to look at the loop that's created and we're going to learn how to defund that account. There's so many things on our plates. We have all the routines of life that regular people have. Plus, we add on all the medication management, all the therapy, and gosh, the recommendations from all the gazillion people that we work with for our children. And it just adds up to be a lot on anybody's plate. So today, I want to map out a cycle to expose the habit that many of us find ourselves in so we can break this cycle. So this is how I think it commonly goes. You find yourself feeling overwhelmed. And this can be about anything. We're going to just talk in generalities, and I'll, I'll look at some examples. And here's what's interesting, is the things that we either do or don't do creates more of what we actually don't want. It's really funny, actually. Every time I map it out and kind of reflect this back to clients, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's like not funny, but it is surprising because we are not aware of how we perpetuate the exact thing that we don't want when we're just operating from default. So this is a conversation about bringing some intention so that we don't do that. Okay, so we feel overwhelmed. We do or don't do things that actually make it worse. So these are things like shutting down or procrastinating or avoiding or um, just not doing the thing. It could be overthinking. This is a big one. Overthinking or over planning over anything would be like, you know, fill in over what you do. And uh, maybe think about it a lot, but not actually take any, any productive action. And so predictably, when we do all of these things, when we have something that we need to do and we don't do it, 
our result is like we have less time and we still need to do the thing. So it's like not a helpful cycle. And here's the bonus round of this is that when we find ourselves in this cycle or in this loop, we then often have reason to think of ourselves some thoughts that are just not very kind. Like, I mean, what kind of mom doesn't do the home therapy that her child's therapist recommended and insists is important? Your conclusion might be, and I hope you, you sense the, uh, is it satire in my voice? So your conclusion, though, would be, I'm a bad mom. And when you come from the energy, I'm a bad mom, and that spins you down a cycle that I don't think any of us really enjoy. And so likely from that energy, we're going to go run away more and we're going to go maybe eat some cookies or better yet, we would scroll the gram so that we can see what other moms are doing and probably make sure that we have evidence that they are doing it better and we are indeed a bad mom. And I'm kind of laughing here, but this actually is very likely something that you do subconsciously. We all do this. Again, when we stop and we pull back the curtain to kind of see what's going on and what's running the show here, it is like, I think, kind of like surprising every time to see how this cycle works and how counterproductive it is for the experience that we want. So let's look at a real example of what I'm calling this habit loop or the overwhelm cycle. The example we'll use is when my children are going back to school. So school starting August 23rd. And so for me, it would be easy to think, oh my gosh, the start of the school year is going to be stressful and chaotic. There's so much to do. A likely conclusion or a likely feeling that that is going to inspire is going to be feeling overwhelmed, stressed, maybe even some anxiety. And interestingly enough, this energy of our feeling fuels the action that we either take or we don't take. Everyone has a different flavor of this, but it's very predictable that one would overplan from the energy of overwhelm, would overplan, avoid, complain maybe. Another one that is interesting is find evidence of other moms stressing out too, just to make sure you're doing it right. I'm not joking about this. This is like I mentioned with a gram. Our brain is always seeking validation that it's on the right track. And it's not as concerned if you're happy or you're feeling overwhelmed or not. It's really more concerned that it's predicting accurately. So if you are stressing out and if you are overwhelmed, your brain's like, let's just make sure I'm not breaking the mold here. Like, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. So we're going to go find other moms that are stressing and having the experience that we are because we're like, okay, good, good. We're doing this right. Like we belong here. And obviously, in some cases, this is really helpful and Obviously, in some cases, this is not as helpful because it allows our brain to really fix it on, oh, this is how it is. And we don't consider that it doesn't have to be that way. So today, I want to teach you how to interrupt the cycle. One of my favorite questions is, what's the best place to interrupt the cycle? And the answer, anywhere. I want you to really consider that there's this cycle or loop or circle. And that it doesn't matter as much where you interrupt it, it matters that you interrupt it. And yes, perhaps some of the changes or interruptions are more accessible, but I think it's important to give ourselves some options. So the first one is to change the way that we're relating to the thing. 
So noticing the default of predicting or deciding ultimately that the beginning of the year is stressful and chaotic, we can just say, hey, that's interesting. I'm saying that, but does it have to be? Is there a possibility that it doesn't have to be stressful and chaotic? It might be full or it might be even, we would say busy, but does it have to be stressful? So that's a way of changing the way that we're relating to the thing. The second one is noticing when we're having the experience of the feeling, yet not acting from it. So if we're feeling overwhelmed, noticing, wow, I'm feeling overwhelmed, yet not reacting or responding to the feeling in and of itself. I think a good picture of this is if you imagine driving in your car and the check tire light comes on. The first time you see this, you might be like, oh my goodness, I have to pull over right away and you might act with urgency. And then you figure out, oh, okay, tires are fine. And maybe the next day you're driving, tire light comes on. Okay, huh, interesting. I'm gonna pull over, but I'm gonna wait till like I get through that light. You check it out, okay, everything's okay. And that third time you're gonna be like, okay, I know what's happening here. This tire light just keeps coming on. And I know I don't necessarily have to pull over because I think it's just from the temperature fluctuations. I know that I don't have to respond to that light just because it comes on. So that's what I mean by allowing an experience of a feeling. In this case, it could be overwhelm or stress, even fear, but not responding subconsciously or having that feeling dictate what we're going to do. Remember that car light. Okay, third way is to take action, do the things. And it's interesting because this one seems like the obvious one, like, oh, we'll just do the thing, duh. (laughs) But it's actually the least accessible because we really do have to remove the fuel of the overwhelm fire, which is not just because you have a lot to do. We oftentimes feel like, of course, duh, like I have 25 things to do. Of course I feel this way. But it's actually your relationship to those things or to the list or to the whatever that has you having the experience. And so there's like this cycle, right? Like we something, there's something out there like our our to-do list or getting ready for school. And then we have this relationship that then kind of creates our experience with our feeling the feelings give our brain information like, well, what should we do here? Like, should we run? Should we stay right here? I'm simplifying it, obviously, but this is the cycle. So this last one, yes, we can change the things that we do. It is possible. And yet, like I said, least accessible. And so we really do have to look at that relationship. And again, examples of relationships to these things are like, just having a lot to do could be things like, if I don't do these things, then something really bad's going to happen. Or even just thinking, I have too much to do. You might think, this is impossible. You might conclude, this is going to take a long time. Another one might be, like I said, this prediction, it's going to be stressful and hard. And just to add one that has a flavor of resentment, he should be doing more to help me. My guess is, A lot of us think these thoughts a lot of the time. Why? Because a lot of us are overwhelmed. That's my insider scoop. Now, consider that you're very normal 
if you're having any of these experiences of the overwhelm, of the inaction, of any of it. And in addition to interrupting the cycle, I want to also have you consider shifting to what I call the offensive, right? So there's this offensive versus defensive way of being. And defensive is what I describe as like, you you kind of just go on your default, you find yourself in the middle of a like stressful season, you just got to survive, right? So you're just going to deal with each blow as it comes. And there's nothing wrong with this, because guess what, we are all going to find ourselves in these situations. So you're not doing it wrong if you find yourself there. The opportunity you have now, because we're talking about it now, we're slowing it down. And we're saying, oh, okay, like, it is pretty predictable that I'm going to be stressed out beginning of the year. Or I'm going to feel like I have too much to do, or I am going to just be overwhelmed. And I hate feeling overwhelmed. And then, like I said, you have the bonus of having then additional thoughts to think about yourself that just maybe aren't very kind or supportive. So let's shift into the offensive. It is looking at what is predictable on what will be going on for you and planning for more support. And this could be as simple as changing your relationship to the thing that is a way of supporting yourself. And it also can be changing the environment a little bit so that you actually have a different situation to deal with that would create having less overwhelm is a little bit more accessible. So rather than passively watching yourself approach a stressful time and building up stress like a little snowball going down the hill, notice that you have this prediction and ask yourself this question or a question that you make up that's along the same lines. The question is, what would make this situation predictably less stressful? Some answers I brainstormed are, if I had a babysitter for my other children, this would be a lot easier. Or If I could talk to this person to get a better understanding of what's going to happen, perhaps we're talking about an appointment, then I would feel less overwhelmed or stressed. Or maybe kind of on the school theme, if I could go and see the school in the classroom and meet the teacher before school starts, I would feel more comfortable dropping my child off on the first day of school. Or maybe even I want to do a dry run and see what it's like to get my child to school if they're maybe going to school for the first time, doing a dry run and seeing what it's like to get that child in the car, in clothes, fed, and all the things to get to school. And again, there's not one question. This is just the one that I thought of. To me, it's allowing yourself to just shift into that curiosity of if I see this thing coming up, already I'm feeling stressed about it because my prediction is this is going to be hard and stressful, then, okay, how do I want to relate to that thing instead of expecting it's going to be hard and stressful? Or this other question I gave you, what would make this situation predictably less stressful? And I won't go into the background of like what this question is actually doing, but just give it a try. And I'm going to leave you there now because it's not a long episode. And I think actually would be an episode that would be a great one to revisit when you're feeling overwhelmed. So tag it, flag it, I don't know what you could do. But remember that when we are in the moment of overwhelm, like I said earlier, we often do not see what somebody else may see from the outside. We're in it. We're like convinced. It's like you being on the side of the road being like my tire light is on. I am not safe. 
I'm not okay. In that moment, you're like definitely living the experience of the impact of that tire light going on. And you don't have a lot of other options. I want to mention, because we are gearing up for the fall and for the fall cohort, that this work doesn't happen in a bubble. Talking to people and listening to people about their own stories is the best way to expose these lingering habits that we have, these default subconscious patterns. And coaching is a tool. Coaching is a tool that helps us become aware of these little things, the programs that are running, like I said, unknowingly to us in the background. And gosh, my favorite part when I work with clients is getting to see the big light bulb moment. And it's not because like, oh my gosh, I said something mind blowing. I simply showed them the pattern of what actually is happening for them. And they're like, oh my gosh, I see something now that I didn't see before. And that is just so valuable. And that's why there's like this instantaneous shift of experience. This like instant like lifting of a load and lighter. So clients come into session thinking, oh my gosh, overwhelmed, heavy, stressed, all the things. And they can leave actually having a different experience. Why? Because they've changed their relationship to it. I do want to invite you to the fall cohort because like I said, we're starting up and doing it a little bit differently this year in the way that I'm running the timing of things. And so we're going to kind of start together in the fall and it's going to be amazing. I absolutely love to see the evolution of this group and the community. And I want to actually share a comment that I received last week. I think it's a great comment. It made me feel really good to see the impact, but I also think it'll help you see what the experience is like on the inside. So this is a comment inside one of the groups. Her feedback was, the entire section on relationships was amazing. I'm super grateful for your coaching specifically. No other therapy or coaching touches on the specific points of my life. It's for the general public and I have to bend it to make it relevant to me. You go straight to examples that hit home every time. I'm just loving it. I listened to the relationship with ourselves less than twice to hear it in different moods. So powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you to the person who spent the time to give me this feedback. I thought it was particularly clever of her to listen in different moods. Like that was brilliant. If you're curious, go ahead and go to my website. You can contact me through that. It's kararisca.com, K-A-R-A-R-Y-S-K-A. Or more simply, you can click on the show notes of this episode And you'll have some options to be able to either schedule an appointment or reach out to me and ask some questions. All right. We will see you on the next episode. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.